Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our newest presenting sponsor, and that's JokerChoker.com. JokerChoker.com is the home of the Joker Choker Pro Football Pick'em Poker Game, which is a new type of football picking game that brings the strategy of poker to the idea of making weekly football picks. Each week, you pick your game winners and then try to build the best poker hands from the winning team's cards. What's unique about this pick'em style of game is that because you get up to 50 bonus points on top of your pick'em points, you're never out of the running for first place, even if you have a couple of weeks of bad hands. It's easy to play, it's free to play, but it takes strategy to win. Over $500 in prizes are available, so sign up for your free account at jokerchoker.com, that's J-O-K-E-R-C-H-O-K-E-R.com, and use the promo code DISTRICT for bonus points to help you get started today. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome everyone to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and I'm rejoined by my buddy John for another edition of our weekly NFL Picks and Predictions podcast. So full disclosure, we actually recorded a week six podcast with our thoughts and picks for last Sunday's games, but due to some unforeseen technical difficulties, that pod never saw the light of day. And considering we had our best week of picks subsequently, with John going 7-5-2 and and me going 8-4-2, and maybe that was actually for the better. Um, we'll hopefully continue on those winning ways with our week seven picks, starting with this Thursday night's matchup between the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. Uh, Green Bay is favored by nine. The line went down, excuse me, Green Bay is favored by seven and a half. They started the week at nine and it went down to seven and a half, probably indicative of everyone selling the Packers after their loss on Sunday to those Cowboys, the cursed Cowboys. I don't know why they'd sell on the Packers. They totally got Niles Davis, like the best Chiefs running back ever. So the Packers' backfield is a total mess. I mean, James Starks was out for a little while. Eddie Lacy should have seen it coming. An injury, it's just given the season that he's had with them not using him and then everyone pretending that he lost weight, but everyone looking at him last week are like, are we sure he actually lost weight? Either lost weight or gained it back or, like super fast. Yeah, he went on a bunch of competitive eating missions right afterwards and he gained it all right back again. I mean, it's not like they were using him anyway. Like he was, uh, Mike McCarthy always talks about like, oh, we got to run the ball. We got to run the ball. Like he's such an Andy Reid doppelganger. Like all they do is talk about running the ball. And as soon as he gets to the game, they're like, no, we're not going to run the ball. We're just going to throw it the whole time. There's yeah, no. The, the sad part is that Eddie Lacy was actually good at running the ball. He's actually pretty efficient. He, he was averaging 5.1 yards a game, which is behind only Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and that guy's not clearly not doing well this season. So. But yeah, so I mean, he was being effective when given the chances. They just never gave him the damn ball. And he was actually making big plays. He had a couple, you know, 15 plus yard runs, and, you know, which was in line with some of the other guys that are at the, at the top of the rushing cat categories. But uh, they just don't give him anything. The only time they actually ran the ball with Eddie Lacy was when they were up thirty-one to three against the pa- uh, against the Lions. Excuse me, they are the Packers against the Lions, and they were up thirty-one-three. And they're basically just trying to kill the clock in the second half. Then they're like, "Okay, Eddie, now you can run the ball." And I'm like, "He's not bad at running the ball. You just steadfastly refuse to." And then you wonder why Aaron Rodgers is struggling because he has to do it all by himself because you don't give him any damn support. Um, if if they, 
they've totally abandoned it. If you take away Rodgers' scrambles, they're 28th in the NFL in rushing attempts per game. Like, they just don't run the ball. And then you're like, well, what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Well, you're making Aaron Rodgers do it all by your, all by himself, and then you don't change up any of your schemes from week to week, and you wonder why you're not actually winning any games, or you're winning games ugly, and when you have to play the good teams, they're shutting you down. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is sadly getting a little bit older. I don't know. See, there's everyone was talking about the whole what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers storyline this week. And that's fine. I mean, that's what the media is supposed to do. Hot takes and bullshit and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. I really think that might they don't do anything different. Like if you kind of read between the lines of when the players are talking, they're basically like, this is the same offense that we've run from year after year for the same three or four years. Like we NFL teams get tape on teams after four to six games and you're running this shit for three to five years and you're wondering why you're starting to struggle well hasn't mccarthy been like he should have been gone years ago and they just won't fire him because they have no ownership they've got this you know conglomerate board of i mean they are their organizational stability is like you know, is, is to the, almost to the extreme where like they won't change anything whatsoever. And I respect that, but yeah, there's a lot of questions like, is Mike McCarthy a good coach? And more importantly, has his message, is he kind of like the hockey coach mentality? Is it going stale? Are they listening anymore? Uh, is it time for a change? And I don't even know if I it's think- time for a change because Ted Thompson is kind of the czar there, the general manager. And I don't know if a coach, a coach coming into green Bay is going to want to do it his way. And you kind of need someone who's going to buy into that, you know, glacial pace of things the way they operate in green bay i think the problem is a lot more than oh aaron Rodgers is not playing well like i think there's a, this problem's a lot more layered and i think the coaching staff actually has a lot to do with it there's just no imagination on this offense there's no variety to it it's basically trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting different results you know the old definition of insanity Right. Well, and then the funny part is this week, um, Aaron Rodgers is going against Brian Hoyer, who statistically they're comparable. And that's a terrible sentence to say. If you are statistically comparable to Brian Hoyer, I don't care who you are, unless you're like Geno Smith, where like that's an improvement for you, which we'll get to that in a little bit. That would be a miracle. Uh, you're you probably should reconsider your line of work because Brian Hoyer is Brian Hoyer is the Mendoza line of NFL quarterbacks. So, yeah. And the fact that, yes, Rodgers is 25th and 26th and basically the majority of stat categories, it's pretty telling. And I I love Rodgers. I thought he was going to be fantastic with it. Came into the season in great shape. Um, going to get Jordy Nelson back. I thought this was Rodgers' year. He was going to light the league on fire, and I could not have been any more wrong. And sadly so, because I, I love Aaron Rodgers as a player. Probably one of my favorite non-Redskins players in the league, if not my favorite non-Redskins player. And seeing him play like this is just – it hurts my heart. So with the line dropping from nine, you know, Packers favored by nine to seven and a half, I mean, it shows that everybody's betting Chicago. Where do you go on this one? I'm still going with Chicago. I'm taking Chicago. Yeah. I think with no running game, they Niles Davis, Nile. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. So their running back is wide receiver Ty Montgomery. That's their starting running back in this game. And I think they have a guy Dom Johnson off their practice squad. That's who they're going to go. So they're going to neglect the like run. A terrible '80s character. It does sound kind of like an '80s, you know, softcore porn character. Um, they're already going to neglect the run even more than they usually do. And Chicago is not terrible against the pass. They're actually 13th in DVOA in pass defense. I, I, I don't see, 
I don't see how if the Packers win, and I'm not 100% sure they win, to be honest with you, I don't see how they win by seven points or seven plus points. I'm taking Chicago. And they're not a good football team. Fully realizing Chicago is one of the four worst football teams, if not one of the three worst, I'm still taking Chicago. I'm going to take Green Bay because I'm going to go against the public opinion. Go for it. Because you, you want to know what? Vegas is uh, lowering these points for a reason because they want to get betting even. So I'm going to help them with that. All right. With that, on that note, we're going to move over to the London game. Uh, we're not setting. It's not quite fe- the same fecal matter that we're sending over to London. We're sending more of like a um, so two semi-competent teams. Uh, a little more on the semi than the competent, sure. But the Giants favored by three points against the Rams. Right. I mean, at least you get the Odell Beckham, so there's some star power in this game. And then you get to kind of laugh at Jeff Fisher and make terrible decisions. So, I mean, it should have comic value. So once upon a time, the Rams were 3-1. and one. Now they're 3-3 three and three because they lost two straight games because they don't play anyone in the NFC West anymore. So wait, you're saying Jeff Fisher's 500? Yes, I am saying Jeff Fisher. Wow. I am... <laughs> Color me shocked. And the most shocking development you can possibly think of. Although in fairness, I think Jeff Fisher is a 7-9 coach, so even going 500 is a little bit of an improvement for him. But they beat the Cardinals. So two of their wins, two of their three wins this season are the Seahawks and Cardinals, a.k.a. NFC West opponents. But then they have losses, a horrible loss against the 49ers, and then I've seen a West opponent, I grant, granted. And then they lost against the Bills, and then they lost inexplicably to the Lions, who God knows what the hell is up with that football team. Get to them momentarily. Yeah, it's the Rams. I mean, they're just they're just the Rams. There's nothing you can say about them. They, you know, Case Keenum has 300 yards. In, I think it was the second highest yard total in his career, and they lose. Kenny Britt has a great game. They still lose. Kenny Britt is a thing right now. Kenny Britt is a thing. He's on pace for over 1,300 yards this season. It's legitimately a thing. Right. So if you ever were doing daily fantasy and not playing Kenny Britt for, I'm assuming he'd still be cheap at this point. Um, it's a little crazy. But uh, I, I just don't trust it. I still don't trust it. I still don't buy it. I think they're just they're another one of those standard deviation teams that like they're going to be one of those weeks where they just pop off and they're going to have a lot of points and then you try to bank like oh Case Keenum this might be a good matchup for him and then he throws for you like seventy four yards in a game just completely craps the bed completely and utterly shits the bed. A um, couple of interesting notes on Odell Beckham. I was watching our friend Tim was Odell Beckham and I was like man just beat the pardon my French but just beat the fuck out of Ari just do me a favor and beat the fuck out of him please you know goddamn asshole runs his mouth too much and then i saw odell beckham had 11 yards in the first half and i was like god damn it like seriously the one time where i really want him to do well please do something then of course and then he had 211 yards receiving in the second half which was his second highest total of yards in a half in the last 30 years so that was pretty nice yeah no the guy is uh i think he's he's finally back on track He, he definitely needs to stop with his his stick you know, nobody gives a crap about your your affection of the field goal net. Um, get over it. Just freaking score touchdowns, make amazing catches, and go back to the bench. First player in 24 years with two touchdowns of 60-plus yards in a game. Um, very quietly, fifth in the NFL with 581 receiving yards right now. So I actually do like him to have another big game this week. Uh, the Rams have allowed an opposing receiver to go over 130 yards in three of their last four games. I think he's hot. I don't think Eli Manning is particularly good. I think he's just 
throwing him the football and hoping for the best. That slant route he took to win the game against the Ravens where he caught the ball and basically just did everything else. I mean, that's that's vintage Odell Beckham. So, And he's the only one that's really producing right now. Shepard's not doing anything. Cruz isn't really doing anything. It's all Odell carrying that offense right now. I'm still surprised we're getting anything out of Victor Cruz. And Sterling Shepard... I don't really know. He might be hitting the rookie wall, although at game six. It's a little early it's for a little, that, right? It's a little early for that, but who knows? It's also, I think defenses have some tape and they go, oh, wait, this guy's good. We might want to cover him. Yeah, that, that that's that's actually a very fair assessment. Giants by three. Who you got? Giants. Yeah, I got Giants. Don't bet on Fisher outside the NFC West. No, and it's a wanky, wanky game in London. It, it, I think the Giants will blow him out. Because the Rams, who we thought they are, they suck. They're just... Yeah. Well, the next game is uh, a delightful matchup between Washington at Detroit with Detroit favored by a point. So it's kind of like a pick-em at this rate. You know, we're obviously biased, perhaps me more so than anything else, because with the Redskins, I don't pick objectively whatsoever, but... Detroit is getting a, a giving a point. I, I, I think that's ambitious. Um, a little. I mean, all of De- well, basically. So Detroit's given up twenty. They score twenty five points a game. They give up twenty five and a half points per game. So like their margin of loss is a half a point. So they're every game they have is close. So I guess that's why you know Vegas is uh, keeping the line relatively close. But I don't know why it is uh, – I mean, if it was a neutral field, technically Washington would be favored in this scenario. But, yeah, I, I don't know. So Detroit's just weird. Detroit – I could see them lose every week, but I could also see them win at times. So their offensive line quietly is one of the worst as well. Like Matt Stafford runs for his life a lot. They just – nobody watches But he hasn't him. been terrible. But he He's hasn't been pretty been... damn good. He has he he's no he's not getting the benefit of he's not on the Robert Cooter honeymoon tour anymore like that's for sure that that's not there but no but Marvin he, Jones is still one of the top receivers in the NFL right now Golden Tate is back to doing things Golden Theo Tate Riddick. found 130 yards last week yeah. theoretically Theo- when he when he finally comes back although they have a, a very delightful white running back in Zach Zenner I like that guy yeah because he's white exactly. The great white <laughs> running back. Um, Detroit in their six games, they, Detroit's won three three games so far. In two of those wins, they were losing by a touchdown or more to the Bears and Rams. If you look at every game they've played this season, they blew a fourth quarter lead in game one to Indianapolis, and they had to come back and beat them. Blew a fourth quarter lead to Tennessee. They were down 28 at halftime to Green Bay. They were down by double digits in the fourth quarter against Chicago. They Blew a fourth quarter lead against Philadelphia, and they had to come back in the fourth quarter to beat the Rams. Like they don't have a clearly, like clear defined, we beat this team because we were better than them type of win. What does Washington? Yeah, last Sunday against Philadelphia, outside yeah. of handing them two touchdowns on special teams. That's true. And, they did beat the Panthers and picks in the pick six. The the Philadelphia's offense scored six points. Right. I mean, well, let's, let's not even get to the fact that Philadelphia refused to hand the ball to Ryan Mur- uh, Ryan Matthews, Ryan Murray, Ryan Matthews, and didn't run the ball against the Redskins' top weakness. Thank you very much, Doug Peterson. I appreciate it. But yes, well, it was. And, and who's Detroit going to run against us? Nobody. They don't have because Riddick is Riddick is questionable. 
Abdullah's out for another two or three weeks, I think. I God, my fantasy team with Riddick on is such a mash unit. I really need Riddick to come back, and that's sad that I'm saying that. But yeah, they don't have anybody else. They're maybe trying to dust off dust uh, Justin Forsett off the waivers a couple of days ago. But so like the so D- Detroit's strength is their their passing game, and uh, ironically, uh, Philadelphia's strength was their passing game, and, and Wentz was like one of the most accurate quarterbacks per like you know adjusted completion percentage. And after facing Washington, he jumped down to eighth. He went from first to eighth, and right now Stafford's in second. So. Do we have a trend where our secondary kind of shoves another quarterback down the bench? Again, I like it. I think the Lions, just to your point, the Lions' strength is throwing the football. That matches the strength on our defense. I Marvin Jones is a very good receiver. I think Golden Tate's one of the most overrated players in the NFL. He's had eight good games in the last three years. Made nine if you count last week. Go back and look up the numbers. I think he's been terribly overrated after those eight games. I think it was in two thousand. Is in two thousand fourteen. He had that streak of eight good games to start the season, maybe ten, and hasn't done really anything since. Um, I love the matchup of the two of them against Norman and Breland. I, I would take that even with our rotating cast of safeties. I still take the that matchup. Fairly decent last week. I mean, we're. You know, we're splitting between Nacho and Whitner on the, at the strong safety spot and Blackman and God knows what else at the free safety. And it's working. It's 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 working, so can't complain about it. It's not great. Um, but, I mean, it's not Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, but it's working. It's sufficient. And Is, is Detroit going to have an offensive lineman that uh, fails a drug test and is going to be suspended this week that we can uh, abuse a rookie? Offensive lineman with Ryan Kerrigan. God, poor one out for Halapuli Vadi Vaitai. <laughs> poor one out for that poor, poor large man. Um, he got abused. On top of that, the Lions' pass defense is 31st in the NFL in, in DVOA. I mean, like I said, Case Keenum dropped 321 and three touchdowns last, uh, last week on him. And you you don't think Jay Gruden is so geeked to throw the football against this team? I mean, he's probably telling Matt Jones to take the week off. He's like, hey, we're going to just go all aerial this week. Yeah, but why would you take the, the week off? They're running the ball so well. They I racked know. up 230 yards against one of the best rush defenses in the league. Trent Williams is playing – continues to play at, at the highest of levels. Was, the, ever, as you pointed out, it's ever since Lichtensteiger uh, went out and Long took over at center, and now you got Laval back at left guard. I mean, they are just moving that rock. I will go on the record and saying Brandon Scherf is already a top five guard in this league. He's a beast. He, he that beast. guy was, he was abusing and owning Philadelphia, Philadelphia um, offensive. Excuse me, Philadelphia defensive linemen and linebackers. He was destroying them. I mean, he's literally hip tossing and body slamming guys on the field. It was so much fun to watch. He is a top five guard today, and just watching his evolution. He it's better just, be. He was a top ten pick. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit there and make that argument, but I, 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 as soon as I we drafted him, I was like, God, please let him turn into Zach Martin. And you know what? He's very, very close right now. He's so, so, so good. And I'll even go on record saying he might be as good in the run game. I don't, pass game, I think he's still got a couple of things to iron out, but he's so, so, so good. It was just, it's beautiful watching him and Long just clobber people up the middle. And especially once Benny Logan went down for the Eagles last week, which it was actually a really deceptive loss for them, um, they were just gashing holes. I mean, you could have run your truck through those holes. It was they were great. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're going to go with the homerific pick on this one. I'm going the homerific pick. I, I love I love our matchup against them. I got a second that. Yeah. I hate agreeing, but you know what? I know what we did pretty well last week agreeing. <laughs> 
All right. Speaking of the aforementioned Eagles, they are playing Minnesota at Philadelphia in a game that could be called the Sam Bradford Bowl. I would also like to point out for any Eagles fans listening, you have now lost four straight games against the Redskins. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. That is awesome. Four straight. Awesome. I'm used to being on the other end of those yep. uh, NFC East matchups. So that is fantastic. There were a lot of questions about Doug Peterson in the preseason as a head coach coming into the season. They were like, I don't know. You know, is it, was it too soon? Is it? Do we overrate him as a little bit as a um, as an offensive coordinator in Kansas well, City? It was weird because you're like, wait, we got rid of Andy Reid to get back Andy another Reed. Andy Reid guy. Um, I think they deserve their moment in the spotlight after the first three weeks of ball washing we gave them with Wensylvania and all that crap. Last two weeks, the Eagles have been penalized for over 110 yards per game those last two weeks. I, I will, I'm completely baffled, as I mentioned earlier, why they didn't try to run the ball more against this piss-poor running defense, which is still pretty crappy. And they were like, nah, you know what, Ryan Matthews, we're just going to give you nine carries. LOL, that's fine. We're going to have, we're going to let our rookie Carson Wentz try to do as much damage as possible against one of the best corners in the NFL and a pretty solid secondary. Um, I will say for the first time, I really got to watch Carson Wentz up close. It's not bad. And I hate the fact that we may have to play against this guy for the next decade. I really, really hate that because just watching him and really getting a sense of the way he plays the game without trying to buy into the Wensylvania hype and all that garbage, the comparison that kept popping into my head is he looks like Aaron Rodgers. He reminds me a lot of a young Aaron Rodgers. The accuracy, the arm strength, the release, the ability to get these disgusting throws off of different platforms and not having his feet set, the pocket mobility, and then he's yeah, but he's big. built like a truck. And then he so the comp I had was Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck's body. Right, and Andrew Luck, when you look at his uh, his combine, it was identical to Cam Newton. To Cam Newton's exactly. And on top of that, Wentz has that thing which a lot of the other rookie quarterbacks haven't had is it doesn't seem like fame is going to ruin this kid. Like he's super, I'm all North Dakota and like I don't even know what the real world is and everything in my life revolves around football. And that's kind of like – Hopefully stay sheltered. Right. And he's – that's like the X factor. Or does does it go out, date date porn stars, you know. Bang hookers all day long, get your head screwed up, and be terrible. Take up some recreational crystal meth. Like, that's fine. Um, get a motorcycle, crash it, I don't know. Do something. Something. So, yeah, no, that is – it's definitely uh, scary. It's it, it's not the level that, you know, Cowboys and Giants and Eagles fans were in 2012 when everybody was crapping their pants about having to face RG3 for the next couple of years, and that just didn't – pan out i think wentz has a much better chance of panning out but the hype isn't nearly as the threat isn't as high yeah i mean he hasn't made as many sports center highlights as griffin did because griffin was running the ball the damn time and then he had the first game with the four touchdowns in in new orleans and so griffin i mean um that's still one of my greatest viewing experiences ever and i will never forget it I'm kind of sad that I had to give up my DirecTV DVR a few months ago when I switched over because that still had the Redskins-Cowboys game from 2012. Ripped the hard drive out. On DVR. Yeah, I wish I ripped the hard drive out now that you're saying that. Um, all of that fun stuff being said, I think Philadelphia is in for another clunker facing against Minnesota. I think Minnesota— Minnesota's defense is too damn tough. Fourth in passing defense— 
fourth in DVOA and passing defense, sixth in passing defense and yards. Um, oh, and they're our friend Halapuli Vadi Vaitai. <laughs> he gets Everson Griffin this week. Have fun yeah, with that's that. Slight, slightly upgrade over Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. Uh, a Minnesota all day without thinking twice. Two yeah. and a half points. I, I, I can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, I, I could definitely see this being like a 17-10 game or something stupid. It's not going to be a high-scoring affair. I, think. Uh, I see it as like 23-6. to six. Wow. All right. Well, then I'll bet the under. One thing I will say, with Benny Logan out, before mentioning the, how the Redskins were gashing them, this is a nice week to take a flyer on Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata. I don't really know which one, but... If yeah, that's a tough one because McKinnon really is the one you want, but Asiata steals all the. Yeah, he's, he's the total poacher. McKinnon's so, the twenty to twenty, and Asiata's the goal line poacher, as you just said. I would almost go with Asiata. I don't know. So our next matchup is New Orleans at Kansas City. Um, Kansas, Kansas City. City favored by six and a half points. Now, I don't. This is one of these games that it it could be fun to watch. Because, I mean, you know what New Orleans is going to do. I mean, they're going to ball out, and they're going to put up points. problem is that Kansas City is probably going to do the same damn thing. Kansas City is just going to run it down their throats. I think that's what their primary game plan is walking in. They're just going to hand the ball to Spencer Ware and hopefully lots of Jamal Charles because I have nobody else left on my depth on my bench for running back. Is he actually back. playing this week? He played last week. He got 12 snaps, I think, last week. Oh, wow. Yeah, he played last week. Um Kansas City is sixth in DVOA against the pass. I like how they match up against the Saints' strength is obviously throwing the football. The Chiefs actually did a pretty good job on Antonio Brown. He had less than 70 yards receiving, although he did have two touchdowns. Brandon Marshall and Crabtree over the last three weeks, Michael Crabtree. So Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of okay. Yeah, they've actually done a pretty good job. Marcus Peters, I, I hate, as I've said many times, I hate buying players in their sophomore season after they have a huge rookie season. Marcus Peters has played really well this season. He's been really, really good. Yeah, well, so has uh, Mr. Drew Brees, who you know set the record for most 400-yard uh, passing games in his career with 15. So that's kind of awesome, you know. That and guy just keeps hucking the ball, man, and that's such a high level. But And, and then he – so he leads the – the, so they had a bye week, so he leads the league in yards per game. But even with the bye week, he's still third in touchdowns. So, I mean, they're getting it done. And 80% of the time they're in the red zone, they score. That's unbelievably efficient red zone offense. It's like the polar opposite of the Redskins. Yeah, I know. I just I just can't fathom this. It's, it's hard for me to understand that they actually expect touchdowns instead of field goals. So, I, God, this is gonna just going to be a... Pretty. Uh, this is a tough game to pick, in my opinion. Interesting wrinkle: the Saints receivers. So, like, you think of Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks was like, you know, a, a top three round pick going into this year's draft, yeah. at, at least like a, in the PPR in the PPR world, which we play in. Um, he's played well. He's had a couple. He had that monster week last week where he had a couple of those say, long he, touchdowns. He was better than playing well last week. He was phenomenal. Interestingly, after Willie Sneed went apeshit in his first game, um, been, he's been nothing. So the last two games, Sneed missed, I think, game three. The last two games, the Saints receivers, Willie Sneed has five catches total for 70 yards total versus Michael Thomas. Nine catches, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas has played really well. There's a lot, you know, there's some buzz on him in preseason, and so far, he's actually played really well. 
the buzz on him in preseason was he was, he was the best receiver on that team. He, I liked him a lot in the Marquez Colston 2.0 type of role, and he's, he's a much better athlete than Colston ever was. Not quite as big, but a much better athlete. Um, I have, what do I have? I have Kansas City. I am actually I taking Kansas. I'm taking Kansas City at home. Points uh, are too high. I just don't like too New Orleans high. on the road. I don't like New Orleans playing in outdoors. As yeah, stupid as that sounds, uh, but it's but it's outdoors in October, not outdoors in December. True, but they uh, they are as Jekyll a Hyde and team away from home as as anyone. Yeah, and they have historically, but I don't know. I just I just don't like the points. I think it's too high. You know the Saints are going to pull out twenty plus points regardless. It's can Kansas City put up 30? I don't think they can. I can see it being a 24-17 type of game. We will see. Speaking of points, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is laying 10. 10. Why? They're not... This, is Cincinnati good? So, is Cincinnati bad is the real quick question, Mark. Because a couple of... The, I mean, they've lost some te- some games to some of the best teams in the league. Like, it's yeah. The Cowboys just kind of rolled over them. Cowboys team. I mean, so they've gotten stomped by the Patriots. They got stomped by the Cowboys. They got you know stomped by double digits against the Broncos, and then they lost by eight against the Steelers. If you're going to lose four games, those are probably four appropriate games to lose. Those are all you know um, top contending uh, you know in their in their conference teams. Those know? are all the top eight teams in the NFL. They're all within the top eight. Yeah, so that's not bad. It's still pretty sad, you know. You'd you'd like to at least get one of those. Yeah, I find this team interesting in terms of Cincinnati. I think the bottom is going to fall out on them sometime soon. Um, you can't expect to lose brain power like Mike Zimmer and Hugh Jackson in back to back years and not see any drop off in the way your teams play. Like those are two of the best football minds in the game, and you can't be like back to back years though. They lost Zimmer in fourteen. Sorry, and yeah, two years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. So they, but they lost the brain power of uh, Jay Gruden and Zimmer in the same year, and then traded up uh, Jay Gruden to Hugh Jackson. Yeah, Hugh Jackson was an upgrade. Yeah, yeah that was a slight upgrade. Yeah, and I actually, I, got, I think Hugh Jackson's doing a, a fairly respectable job in Cleveland, considering the situation he's in. God bless Jay Gruden for bringing us an NFC They're competitive. Title. They are. If somebody told me tomorrow that you could have keep the same Redskins team and you could swap out Jay Gruden for Hugh Jackson, I wouldn't hesitate for a New York yeah. second. Not, not for a New York second. And I'm not to take away from Jay Gruden again. He won the division last year, but not in a New York second would I hesitate to swap make that swap. And Hugh Jackson's probably going to bring a new D a DC with him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Instead of Joe Barry, Joe barely able. So. God. Like, you really want to slam him? I mean, he, he's doing okay. But it's God, they, we could be so much better. It's because they finally, they were. I think one of the big things is like, well, we're going to try blitzing a little more. It's like, congratulations, you just figured out that we should maybe try yeah. to blitz. Congratulations, you just passed level one of, of Madden. <sighs> Come on, dude. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know. They're, they're playing like Pop Warner. and I know other people. We need at least varsity level. Other people have talked about this. Um, I think Marvin Lewis, speaking of coaches, is a very, very good coach. But is his 14th year there, second longest tenured head coach in the NFL behind Belichick. And 
it it may be time for a new voice, but the question is, if you get a new voice, is it a better voice? Right. It it isn't always the case. I mean, it all grass depends. isn't always greener. Yeah, I, I mean, I bet they're. It's kind of like the Colts, where like they have to be kicking themselves for letting Bruce Arians go. He was just sitting there, you know, on their on their coaching staff, and Chuck Pagano unfortunately got ill and. Bruce Arians did an amazing job, and then you watch him walk away. They had multiple, multiple head coaching uh, candidates on uh, Marvin Lewis's team, and watched them uh, just kind of disappear. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. The problem with Indianapolis, and no one's talking about it because the Ursay family is revered it, incorrectly, so for multiple reasons. But why Ursa, are they revered? They Ursa, should not be revered because they're, they're a long of- time. Drunken, alcoholic, pain-killing, pill-popping shitheads. One hundred percent right. One hundred percent right. Assholes. Yep. That um, I mean, what was the elder Ursay? Bob. He would he would just run his mouth in front of the media, and this is like not like you know social media that we have today where they catch every quote. He's on like you know you know Fox News at six, you know, saying dumb shit. Fucking slammed ass drunk, just spouting garbage, and it. So Bob Ursay, my, my favorite, my favorite thirty for thirty. I love thirty for thirty. My favorite one was the eighty three draft, and I remember how he screwed the Bronco. Um, he screwed the the Colts by trading Elway for thirty cents on the dollar when they had clearly better offers, and he took the power out of a Corsi's hand. Ernie a Corsi's hand. Ernie Orsi. Ernie Corsi. Uh, resigned right after that. He's like, I'm not going to put attach my name to this god awful trade. He did that. He obviously moved the team to uh, from Indianapolis to, I mean, from Baltimore to Cleveland, Indianapolis. You're so shady. Awful, awful ownership. And his son is no better. His son is a complete pill popper. Yeah, he's a he's a menace. Back on topic of Cleveland, um, are you taking? I can't imagine you're taking Cincinnati. No. No, those points are way too high. It's way too high. I, I'm taking Cleveland. Cody, he, Cody Kessler's back. They're totally going to get within 10 points. I can't even tell if you're serious by saying that or not, but I, I just know. feel like Hugh Jackson knows that team too too well. Yeah. I, I just don't think Cincinnati's good enough to, to really it's, – it's a interdivision game. I don't I don't see them you know completely steamrolling. They're, 10 they're is always, too high. Yeah. That, agreed. Speaking of division games, nice segue. Buffalo laying three to the Dolphins. Buffalo, what the? Where the hell did this come from? Do you remember, like in our week three podcast, we were just completely like Rex Ryan, so fired. This team's abysmal. They're never going to do anything. And then, oh wait, they have a good defense and Shady McCoy's back. I had Buffalo winning four games this year, and they've won four games in the last four weeks. Yeah, no, they've been awesome. Now the, the the New England game you can kind of throw out because I mean they just handed that one to him. They're like, all right, Jacoby Brissett, he's totally injured. We have no better options. You can have this one. We'll 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 totally we'll totally screw you up next time. That notwithstanding, you beat the Cardinals by two touchdowns. You beat the Rams, whatever. I'm not going to acknowledge the Rams, but you still beat the Rams by double digits. You blow the doors off the 49ers in you know well no that was in Buffalo. And you beat the Patriots by two touchdowns in Foxborough, which hadn't happened in like three decades or something like that. Those are four very, very not indecisive wins. Against – those are 
games you should have won, but they won them with conviction. Right. It, like this, the the outcome of the game was never in question. It's not like the Detroit conversation we we're having a few minutes ago. They definitively start to finish, whoop their ass. No, totally. But the thing is, like, they're doing it with just average guys minus McCoy. But like their defense is, there's nobody completely stellar on Lorenzo Alexander still leads the league. Lorenzo Alexander. That was our special teams guy, which I'm still pissed to this day that they let him get away. Cause he was, he was such a, a heart and soul of that locker room. That was a Bruce when, Allen move. Yeah. That, that was, was a Bruce terrible, Allen move. Terrible move. And he's still, he's still um, involved in the community. here. got a ton of ties to this area. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know why like this off season, we're not like, Hey, why don't you come back? We need linebackers. No, th- seriously, we need th- lots of linebackers. I think kind of like Brian Mitchell, he's got a bad taste in his mouth of the way he was kind of let walk, let out of DC. He's, probably, he's, and I'm sure they didn't even call him. Probably not. Um, LeSean McCoy, you were talking about it. Over 100 yards combined in the Bills' last four games, 110 rushing in three of their last four. He's second in the NFL, only behind Zeke Elliott with 587 rushing yards. Right, he's doing it between, behind a garbage line. They're not a good offensive line. They're really not. And he's averaging 5.6 yards per carry behind that offensive line. I love it because this offseason, he kind of he was, he made this joke. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to leave all my Bentleys behind and I'm going to go training. And it kind of reminded me of like Antonio Tarver in the Rocky Balboa movie where he was like, he was like, he was working out in that like fancy ass gym with all his boys hanging around. And he's like, nah, man, I'm going to go find my old trainer and go work out in the dingy ass gym with my old trainer again. So why didn't you go with the Rocky three reference where Rocky went to California to train with Apollo Creed in, in, uh, in the hood. Cause I think okay. McCoy looks a little like Antonio Tarver. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you that. But I mean, that's, you know, some people don't like the Rocky Balboa movie. They're I like, can't oh, imagine. that's terrible. I'm like, that's an excellent movie. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I will be on the record as saying, and I know probably people think I'm crazy. I liked it better than Creed. I haven't. I still haven't seen Creed yet. I, I, like I, I, I didn't like Shane. Creed nearly as much as everyone else did. I'll, I'll go I, ahead and say it. I thought I thought Rocky Balboa was very well put together. I mean, it had a couple of little gimmicky parts, but... I think the first half was a bit a bit slow, but the second half of that movie, I'll watch it anytime. It's on Showtime yeah. all the time. I still end up watching it. Yeah. Buffalo laying three. Who you got? I know Miami had a big win, and JHI did things, and Ryan Tannehill didn't look as terrible as he had in previous weeks, but there's there's no way that I can uh, not take Buffalo in this one. No, you're not going to like the pick because I'm 100% in agreement with you. Damn it! But uh, Miami's 24th against a run in rushing defense DVOA. So I know I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. So I'm wrong. Hey, I had a better record than you last week. I don't like to rub it in, but I had a better record. I had like one game. Yeah. It's all right. I still I still would have won money. What is that booking – what is it, bookie.com? What? Have you heard this, the, the – I, the I heard about that the other day. I heard about I, it. I'm, I'm intrigued. Is it just like a gimmicky thing or is it like really – no, seriously, we're doing sports bets or is it like a fantasy sports bet? So. I really wonder. We'll have to kick some tires on that. Because cause I've been told that we, you know, if we really want to make this podcast interesting that we should uh, be betting some real cash on these games. If And I'm, I'm if, not totally against it. If gambling was legal, of course. Full disclaimer, if gambling were legal. It is legal in some states. Taking a quick break from today's podcast, I wanted to remind you guys about our good friends at KN Engineering. 
Canon's replacement air filters are designed to increase horsepower, improve vehicle performance, and provide excellent engine protection that lasts the life of your car, your truck, or your motorcycle. As the original performance filter of NASCAR, Canon's air filters are made from multiple layers of oiled cotton filter, which provides superior airflow, resulting in crisper throttle response and more torque throughout the engine RPM range, and excellent filtration that helps ensure a long engine life. They're easy to install, and they come with a worry-free Can-N million-mile limited warranty. So stop buying cheap throwaway air paper air filters again and again. Go to www.knfilters.com podcast and get a great deal on a K&N replacement air filter with free shipping. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a free K&N hat too if you visit www.knfilters.com podcast. I also want to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, and that's inthegymrange.com. The NBA and college basketball season is right around the corner, and In the Gym Range provides in-depth information from the high school, college, and NBA landscapes. They cover all levels of hoops, from high school basketball all the way through the pros, so make sure you visit www.inthegymrange.com. That's www.inthegymrange.com. I will segue from there to Indianapolis at Tennessee. Woo-hoo! Game of the week. <sighs> Why isn't this one on primetime? Because they just continually put terrible games on primetime. This should be the highlight. I, the, America's had enough of seeing the Colts in national television. Um, latest chapter in the saga of Indianapolis being a complete garbage football team. They have allowed six rushing touchdowns. That's the bottom half of the NFL. They allow over 117 rushing yards per game. That's 25th in the NFL. They allow 4.8 yards per carry on the ground. That's 28th in the NFL. It's still better than Washington? Uh, yeah, it's still better than Washington. But in comparison, they've done it against a, by and large, a pile of poo or not very good running backs. None of them are currently in the top 10. So they faced Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick in week one. Okay. They yeah, faced CJ Anderson in week two. Anderson hasn't been the same guy since week two, right? Melvin Gordon right. Melvin Gordon hasn't actually had a great season. It seems like he's had a great season, but he's had two good weeks and then three really bad ones. Yeah, his his yards per carry are terrible. Jordan Howard gashed him for 118, and then Lamar Miller put up 149 on them. Now, both of them are good running backs, but point of the matter is, you don't think DeMarco Murray is going to slash him up this week? And Tennessee has one of the top deep offensive lines. Tennessee's offensive line, fourth by pro football focus. Not bad, like John was saying one time. Yeah, they're, they're they're pretty good. So, oh my God, AFC South is just the worst. Can, so if they if this was like you know soccer, wouldn't like they just take the whole AFC South and like downgrade them and bring a, a whole new conference of four teams up? They should just send the AFC they, South to Qatar anyway. Yeah. Well, we do need viewers over there, so that'd give them something to watch. I don't want to spend any more time on this than necessary. Who you got? Tennessee two and a half. Just for shits and giggles, I'm going Indy. You're gonna take the Colts, man. Just, just, just because weird stuff happens every week. I'm taking Tennessee against the 32nd ranked rushing defense in DVOA. Indianapolis stole it from us. Good. <laughs> they can keep it. They can keep it. I'll be happy at wherever we are. I can't remember where it's. I think we're in the like 29 or 28 now, but you can have it. So the next matchup 
we've got here is Oakland at Jacksonville with Jacksonville favored by a point. So the line went down, went started at one and a half and it went down to one. Am I missing something? I, why was it ever one and a half? Why isn't Oakland favored? Why is Jacksonville favored? That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't Oakland be favored in this game? I love this. Somebody threw this on Twitter the other day. In their first five game, uh, first five drives of last week's game against Chicago, this is Jack- Jacksonville's offense. Interception, punt, punt, halftime, and punt. Wow, that's that's impressive. That's- so. That's Same. like a 40-year-old guy playing like a 12-year-old in Madden. That's that's what you would expect. Right. First of all, you only had three drives in the first half to begin with. <laughs> that is embarrassing. I mean, that in and of itself is bad. But then, you know, three of the first five drives and then punt, and one of them was interception. It's incredible. Another fun stat, since the start of 2015, since last year, the Jaguars are 3-6 and six at home of the games they actually play in Jacksonville, not counting that they're home games in, in London or whatever. One was the Colts, one was the Titans, and one of them was the atrocity of the Joe Philbin Miami Dolphins. Those are their three wins. Those are high quality. No, not high quality wins. And they're getting, they're giving a point because they're the home team. Don't get it. So is it like depressing to see that Jalen Ramsey is being completely and utterly wasted there? Jalen Ramsey is a, is playing very, very well over there. I'm actually very curious to see if he gets a lot of Crabtree or if he gets a lot of Cooper because whoever he gets, pick the other guy in fantasy purposes because Ramsey is good. I, I really, It's just sad that he's stuck on this terrible team, though. Like I, I'm just waiting for him to be a free agent, and then everybody's going to go after him. I love the idea where, you know, the Jaguars get a new head coach. They get like one or two years left of Tony Romo and turn into one of the best teams in the AFC. Because no one will give a shit if Tony Romo's in Jacksonville. No one cares. No. It would be fun. It would be entertaining because they've got the rest I've, of the pieces. Maybe a couple more and on the offensive totally line. And they could totally win the, the, the division. Yeah, because what else have they got to face? Nothing. Nothing. Indy's not going anywhere. Tennessee, yeah. And Houston is just have a has a decent defense. I really feel like this team is a good head coach and maybe some competence at quarterback away from being really talent. really good. They have tons of talent. It's there. And I don't care. Um, they can draw free agents. The, the the Florida you know no state income tax thing. That's that's a reality. In Weather income tax. Yeah, I don't think the income tax factor in Florida people um, realize it enough how much it you know it influences in the NBA. It's got a influence it's, for the NFL too. Got to translate. It's yeah. something people are going to really start taking notice and you know it, it, there's plenty of you know women's ladies to be there that don't wear any clothes. It's not it's not South Florida but it'll suffice. Yeah, it's something. What you got? Mm. I, I got to go Oakland. I got to go Oakland. I I'm doubling down. This is my team. I like them. Even though Derek Carr has small hands and smells of cabbage. He's not Alex Smith, but... Um, that tw- apparently is like a, a concern. I haven't heard the Derek Carr small hands apparently, theory. Apparently Cleveland didn't want to draft him because he had small hands and they thought he wouldn't play well in cold weather. And apparently he has a, a bad record in cold weather. Only two things scare me. One is nuclear war and the other, carnies. Small hands and smell like cabbage. Uh, speaking of smell like cabbage, the Jets are laying one to Baltimore. 
why why are they laying anything? They just announced that Geno Smith is going to start. How they're still laying one against with Geno Smith be under like, center? It should be Baltimore favored by ten. Right. I I, and I would have been like, oh, this is a very reasonable line. Exactly. Geno's. Oh I wouldn't God. be surprised if it's Baltimore by five by the end of the week. I thought it was funny because like they're like. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a placeholder for whoever the next quarterback is. Geno Smith is a placeholder for whoever the next quarterback is. Like, why Why did you have to make a change? So fellow Indian homeboy Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, if you get a chance, find him on Twitter or just go look at the New York Daily News website and find his op-ed on Geno Smith. I haven't seen a journalist destroy a player that he covers on a daily basis the way Manish Mehta destroyed Geno Smith. I mean, literally, I'm surprised Geno Smith has an NFL career after what Manish wrote about him, and it was incredible. I was just sitting here like slow clapping. I mean, he basically said he's not even worth playing as a Pop Warner quarterback, and he is the most petulant, stupid human being you could possibly think of, and why would you even waste a second of this when Geno Smith knows and everybody knows that he basically has no future left in the NFL? I mean, just dude went straight hatchet job on Geno Smith. It was incredible. I, I loved it. That is that is impressive. It, I, I thought Todd Bowles was funny because he's like, they're like, why do you have four quarterbacks? He's like, you'll see. It's like, no, we won't see. We know you have four terrible quarterbacks. We'll see you with completely different quarterbacks next year. None of these guys are the answer. I love how they were just they keep talking about they were like players begged management to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick because they hate Geno Smith that yes. much. They were There's begging. a reason he got punched in the face and his yeah. jaw got broken. He there was that story again Manish does a fantastic job of outlining all of this where he didn't realize the clocks change in different time zones or he tried to claim that and I mean there was a there was something where Revis was like I can't even practice with that guy because he's so terrible. Or is like, I don't even want to be on the same practice field as that guy because he sucks so bad. I, I don't I don't get it. The Jets, I mean, this is free money. This is free money, lock of the week type stuff, assuming Baltimore remains the underdog. And I, I never have anything nice to say about Baltimore. This team has got to be... Baltimore this- still has a very, very respectable defense. I think they have a so respectable I'm defensive sh- line. Okay. That's good enough against a quarterback who can't freaking throw. Uh, the Jets are going to be in the mix for the Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes at the end of the season. If you really want to call it a sweepstakes, I don't really know if that is or not. Um, that's that's all I have to say about them. That's it. They're one. They they might leapfrog the uh, the Bears into the top three Olympic podium of worst teams in the NFL if they haven't already. That's that's impressive. That's where spending big in free agency gets you. Yep. Good job, Mike. Know that from experience. Reigning 2015 Executive of the Year. How's that working out for you? Assholes. Scott McLuhan, way better. So I take Baltimore. You take Baltimore. I have to take Baltimore. No one in their right conscience can take the Jets. There's just no way. Geno Smith, I, like I said, our friends could assemble. We could find four other guys, assemble an 11 man football team. And if Geno Smith is on the other side, I kind of like our chances. I don't. He's, <laughs> he's much, much larger than us. He just bowl us over. Don't care. He would throw an interception right at one of us. So is his like over under for interceptions at three or four? He played one, two drives and turned it over twice. <laughs> Come on. All right. So we'll set it at six. Six turnovers for Geno's. Oh. 
Hey, you know what? The, the NFL might not be getting viewers, but at least it's entertaining. I'm going to say it's something. Games like that, it was something. That, if they want to figure out what the problem with their, with their ratings is, look at the shit you're putting on primetime. Good Lord Almighty. Even for a football purist or football you know, junkie like me, I can't sit and watch these games. Why? I can't do it. Is it? Is it week eight that they start switching games? I think it's later. I think it's like ten. Why? Why don't you just save push that up to after week four? Oh, shit! Just put. I, I'm not a Patriots apologist anyway, but just put New England on every weekend. At least you're getting good football. I'm just saying, just have because like college football does the 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 you know it's like what time's the game? Oh, TBD. We'll let you know. Yeah, I think it's completely fine. Make these things TBD and then and, and let them rotate. You know, you can lock in Monday night, but don't lock in Sunday night. Move these things around. So. San Diego at Atlanta. Atlanta is giving six and a half. Mm. So finally, I will at least temporarily concede Atlanta should now be considered among the top four teams in the NFC. Alongside Minnesota, Minnesota, Seattle, and Dallas. After the way they played Seattle, giving them everything they could handle and then some, they deserve it. And there's no two questions about it, as everyone else saw. Richard Sherman definitely should have been penalized for what he did to Julio Jones. Terrible game. Yeah, Sherman actually had Sherman's. He's been exposed by a couple of big receivers. Brandon Marshall gave him a lot of trouble couple of weeks ago and then Julio Jones. I mean Julio Jones is a monster. There's there's no two ways about it. But um hard to contain. Sherman has Sherman isn't what he was two years ago or even last year for that matter. I just tired of him. I've been tired of him for years, you know. I such uh, a blowhole. I don't know. I think he's it's he's I think he's a really good actor. Like he's got the wrestling heel thing down. I think actually, oh, he's he, am- he definitely is playing the part. He's an amazing he's, cornerback. He's smart enough to know what he he needs to do to market himself and get attention, and then therefore cash in on that. Yeah. But um, as far as uh, Atlanta San Diego goes, this is a uh, I don't know. San Diego's not terrible. They're just cursed. This is a big litmus test trap game for Atlanta. They need to take care of business at home against a team they should beat. And the interesting thing about San Diego is that San Diego is actually a little battle-tested against teams that can throw the football. San Diego's played Oakland. They've played New Orleans. They've played Indianapolis, who can only throw the football, in three of their last four games. They know how to play against teams that can throw the football. The Chargers' defense is actually ninth in DVOA in pass defense. So they're top 10 basically a pass defense that's without um, Verrett and that's without Verrett oh my god imagine if he wouldn't have gotten hurt imagine if they were fully healthy they would have to be like four and two they would I mean Keenan Allen's a huge loss I don't think that gets the credit it really deserves for what a tough injury that was we got oh man I kind of want I'm going to take San Diego in this one I don't I don't like the points I think Atlanta wins but I just don't like the points I'm sorry to disappoint you but I had San Diego as well Damn it! Damn it! We're too like-minded. Yeah, I, I exactly the same thing. I feel like this is a little bit of a trap game for Atlanta. Um, I think they win. San Diego I, can put up points. San Diego can put up points. They've only lost, I think, one game by more than a handful of points, like more than three or four points. I don't like the six and a half. That's just stay away from it. Well, I, I know that the, their points for <coughs> are at least when I looked at it two weeks ago, San Diego they had more points. 
four than they had against. So I mean, they're definitely they're a high scoring team. I don't I don't see them losing by six and a half to pretty much anybody. Stay away games, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. If if we were placing money, I would not bet on this game. This is just a terrible game that has uh, zero interest for me. I, If I was divvying the pie of time in terms of watching football games, this is going to get the least of them. Maybe even... Let's so, even get like a toothpick of time. Even less than the Colts and, and Titans. Even less than that. I think that's how bad this team is. This is, to me, maybe the two most forgettable teams in the NFL. And that's even with Jameis Winston on this team. I think I'm I'm almost on like the anti-Jameis Winston hype, not because I dislike Jameis Winston, because I'm just so sick of all the hype that he's gotten, where I'm like, it's not his time yet. But that's just me. Would a, would a worse game be uh, Geno Smith and the Jets in San Francisco? Yes. Yes. Or Cleveland? San no, Francisco. I think Cleveland versus San Francisco would be somewhat entertaining because Cleveland right. has some, like, at least has Terrell Pryor. So you're like, all right, there's some semblance of entertainment in their running game. Like, there's pieces and they there. Try really hard. Right. At least they're some, yeah, they're, they're a 45 minute try hard team. Uh, in our failed podcast from last week, we were, we spent a little time asking the question, is San Francisco the worst team in the NFL? And we both agreed that they are. Uh, getting their ass handed to them by Buffalo last week only confirms that. Kelly is eight and seventeen in his past twenty-five games. That be Chip Kelly. That means awesome. his, his winning percentage is thirty-two percent. Excellent, excellent. I can't wait to see you back in college. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. I, I, in fact, I'm surprised that LSU already hasn't tr- backed up the Brinks truck because I think he'd be perfect there. If you look does, at Ch- Kelly, does he go at the end of the year? No, I think they want to throw out Trent Baalke, which I think is just as bad. Um, if you ask me, it's kind of like the old Casserly Norv Turner conundrum from several years ago, and I think just like like Snyder did, where he kept Norv, and then he's like, "Fuck, I should have kept Casserly." I feel like yeah. I feel like Jed York is going to do the same thing, where he's going to push Baalke out the door and be like, "Shit, I made the wrong move." Right. In in fairness, Jim Tom Sulo in his first six games won two of them. Kelly won one. What does that tell you? Chip Kelly is not a good football it tells, coach. It tells you what we already know. We already know that Chip Kelly is a, is a fraud. I don't care if it's Jim, Colin Kaepernick who looked horrendous last week. Um, Can he be done in the league? Like, he's got to I, mean, I don't give a crap about his political opinions or whatever. And who gives a shit? He's just not good. If he's not good anymore. He doesn't Colin have it. Colin Kaepernick is employed by an NFL team by September of 2018, I will be astonished. Astonished. Well, I think one team might him or Geno Smith be on a roster next year. He will. Some team will try to resurrect him, and they'll realize there's nothing left. Geno Smith, no. I think Smith is done. I hope so. I think Charlie Whitehurst and the McCowan brothers will get a job much faster than Geno Smith would. I I would totally trust the McCowan brother over Blaine Gabbert and uh, and Kaepernick. If my if if the welfare of my life – That's were, well below the Brian Hoyer line. Uh, oh, yeah. Long, well below it. If my life depended on a football game, I would take Blaine Gabbert 100 times out of 100 over Kaepernick or, or Geno Smith. 100 times. And that's not even with my love of Blaine Gabbert you know, factored in. So with that said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Tampa. But for some reason, I think San Francisco might actually win this. 
No, I don't have any of that latter sentiment. I think Tampa wins. I don't think it's particularly entertaining. I don't think but it's going things to- happen. Things outside things that we know nothing about happen that uh, can can affect these games. That's like so, saying maybe Chip Kelly will grow up and become a good football coach. I know, but like you know what? Maybe maybe Jameis Winston's dog died. I don't know. Something something terrible could happen, and he just throws a bunch of pickles. Full disclaimer: We wish a long and productive life for Jameis Winston's dog, if such a dog exists. Absolutely, his dog's name is Krabby. <laughs> oh man! So the next one we have is if his dog's name is Krabby, then is he stolen? Absolutely. No, he's right. rescued. Oh, that's right. He's rescued. So was Jameis Winston rescuing the crab legs from the Kroger that he stole uh, it from? Absolutely. They, they they were calling to him to be free <laughs> to his belly. Without being paid for. Yeah. Go ahead. So the next matchup should have been awesome, but apparently it's, it's not going to be so great. New England at Pittsburgh, and it's totally a letdown because Ben Roethlisberger, surprise, surprise, got hurt again this year. Latest reports, I think it was from ESPN, broke it. looks like six four feet. to six. Yeah. They were trying to blow it up. Oh, no, it's no big deal. He'll be back. Like He may play this week. I'm like, I saw that. you had knee surgery, dude. And like This men- is not happening. Meniscuses, or if, if, if meniscus is plural, menisci, I don't know how he would refer to it as. Those are, those are not fun injuries. Ask any NBA player. Like Those aren't normal injuries. Those can take a long time. Granted, this is not the NBA, but that's, that's not a small potatoes injury. Yeah, he's the heart and soul of their team because Landry Jones cannot cut it. Landry Jones is not. Come on. Like, no. You almost want to like be like, hey, Michael Vick, you want to come back for like just – Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Better than Landry Jones. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Or not. No, uh, Landry Jones not is is. You may you have a better chance of getting sixty percent of Ben Roethlisberger than you do from Landry Jones, and a much better than you would from Mike Vick. You have a you have like a one in a hundred chance of getting sixty percent of Ben Roethlisberger from Landry Jones. You have a one in a trillion chance of doing that from Vick. Vick looked lost. In this offense, I mean, like the offense might as well have been in Swahili for him because it just wasn't close. Well, all you gotta do is run left, run right, or throw deep. Uh, yeah, and just that's and try. Run plays like, for the, huck like, it. Everybody knows that. And the line is still staying at seven. Yeah, Brady's on his. I'm demolishing the NFL tour. Uh, Martellus Bennett and Gronk are, re, you know, redefining their offense of, ha ha ha! You can't guard us, uh, you have no chance. And they're actually a good running team. Steelers defense looks vulnerable. One of the interesting wrinkles I saw is that they have they haven't been good like defending the underneath stuff. They're not actually bad covering the deep stuff, but underneath, Jarvis Landry had a big game against them working out of the slot. Darren Sproles, six catches, 128 yards. Gio Bernard, nine catches, 100 yards. Bilal Powell had six catches for 40 yards in that atrocity. Um, James White, Tom Brady loves throwing the football to James White. I was going to say, is that your uh, daily fantasy tip? I think James White is a nice play this week. I really do. Um, God, I wish it was Deion Lewis instead. I'm just waiting for that Deion Lewis egg to hatch. Oh, yeah. He didn't practice this week either. He's coming back after, so I, I emphatically believe, and I've believed it since the moment I drafted him, Patriots have a bye in week eight, I believe it is, week eight or nine, 
and can... he's coming right after that. So I think it's it's like two weeks plus the buy, and that's when they're going to unleash Dion Lewis. And even if it takes a couple oh. of weeks after that, that's fine. Wasn't he eligible to practice this week or next? This week. week. This week, and they said, yeah, no, it's not happening. Yeah, I think they're taking it real slow with him. But from all accounts, he's walking around, as you he, said. He, he, he walks lo- without a limp. He walks without a limp and no brace. That's good enough in the NFL. They'll just dub him up on Vicodin and Toradol and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, Pittsburgh's just going to struggle. I mean, they. what's... It's not sad because it's Pittsburgh, so I have no sympathy for this uh, team. But, you know, they went from Super Bowl contention to, oh, crap. We, we, we're going to have a little bit of trouble. But who are they going to – who is going to take the NFC Nor- uh, AFC North title from them? Nobody, but then they're still – but the problem is is that they're going to have to be on – play on the road. It's exactly. Like, That's the big they, thing for them. If you got to go to New England in January, you're screwed. Might as well not even go. Yeah. Just take Pack the it up. Uh, unless you're – Tom Brady, or it's not happening. Or Peyton Manning, I mean, it's it's not happening. No. So I mean, I I totally anticipate New England um, getting home field advantage and just rolling their way to the Super Bowl. New England, at worst, is going to finish fourteen and two. If you look at the remainder of the record, at worst, it's going to be fourteen and two. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. Sorry, thirteen and three because they already have a loss. I forgot they have a loss. Yeah. So maybe that maybe they'll lose two more games. I would be dumbfounded if they lost more than two more games this season. That's not going to happen. I got New England in this game. I'm taking the seven and seven, seven and a half, whatever it is right now. I don't care. Even in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh's losses are pretty pretty terrible. I mean the Eagles' loss was shocking at the time. And now, like, you're like, wait, the Eagles really aren't that good. Their win against the Redskins is not impressive because everybody knew that they were going to completely – the Redskins never show up for primetime. Or cursed on alone, Monday night. Yeah, let alone a, a season opener primetime at home where Pittsburgh fans are more than happy to drive, you know, five, six hours to come to our stadium. Yeah, it was basically a home game for Pittsburgh. Yeah, so they don't have impressive wins, and then they just inexcusably got – railroaded by the Dolph- the Dolphins? That was a bad one. Really? That, that's a really inexplicable one. Like you, That's one of those they, where you kind of look at you're like, I have no explanation for this. Yeah, the only advantage they have in this game is that it's at home and they are abysmal on the road. But yeah, New England totally takes this. I'll, I'll, I'll take the points. If I was really betting, though, I would, I would take – I'd take – New England to win and parlay it with some. Yeah, I'd parlay a money line New England on this game. Yep, and and now because th- that's my this is a lock that New England wins this. Yes, just parlay that with a with um who's playing the Jets again? Yeah, <laughs> whoever to Baltimore. Whoever. Yeah, Baltimore. And yeah. then th- throw something else in there, and I think that you'd have a pretty nice parlay right there. I forgot to mention along the lines of parlays and, and picks, uh, Minnesota over Philadelphia, Minnesota, the two and a half. That's my lock of the week. If such a thing exists, that's my lock of the week. That's pretty good. And my other lock, my vice lock of the week, Seattle at Arizona with Arizona laying one and a half. Um, my lock is Seattle. I'm taking Seattle. They're just going to put it right out there. Seattle, if they win, they will basically put themselves in the driver's seat. Having gone through three tough road games, this one at Arizona, they had to fly across the country to take on the Jets. They already played their one game in L.A. against the Rams, who always play them tough. That means Arizona and L.A. would have to come to Seattle. I, I love 
what Seattle can do for themselves. And every single week, they're just getting a little better and a little better and a little better. The only thing Arizona can do, which is why they whomped the the uh, the Jets the other night outside of the Jets handing them the football, or the Jets just sucking in general, is David Johnson, who should be amazing. He might be the MVP of the. And in fact, I think it's actually between him and Zeke Elliott right now in terms of the MVP race. I don't even think a quarterback should be mentioned in there anymore. Maybe Brady. That's about it. Uh, David what Johnson. What quarterbacks are you mentioning? Yeah, who else would it be? Matt I, I, Ryan. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan's probably a fair assessment. That's it. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to think of what other quarterbacks. I mean, Drew Brees is doing Nobody. Well. Look at the list. But I I mean, I he wouldn't be MVP candidate because his team sucks. Look at the top 5 in terms of passing yards. Uh Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, Andy Dalton, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck going further, Kirk Cousins, Big Ben, Matt Stafford, Philip Rivers, Derek Carr. Nothing like when I, but, I wouldn't even. But if Brady one. goes on a tear, yeah, if Brady goes, he on enters a tear, the conversation because it'll be like, oh, in twelve games, Tom Brady's freaking amazing. He's the MVP. Seattle is top three, top three or top four in DVOA in both against the run in the pass, and Arizona's a one-dimensional offense right now. If David Johnson can't go, you think Carson Palmer is the guy you want to rely on? No, thank What's you. What's so sad is they just they're stacked at receivers. They really are, and for some reason it's not working. Fitzgerald no. is playing – looks like he's in his prime. Michael Floyd is so talented. But can't produce. John Brown is playing outstanding this year. And then they even have Jerron Brown. Right. He's not, not bad either. I mean – And so, that's not even counting J.J. Nelson. Like they have five legitimate receivers, and – Carson Palmer's a little bit in the throw his arm out or falling off the cliff stage. And David Johnson is incredible. But if you're Seattle, you just walk in saying, we got eight in the box. We're going to line up our corners one-on-one. Carson beat us. Right. And and we've got the corners to match up. Yeah. But Seattle sucks on the road. Seattle's not the same on, on the road. I If this was at home, this is a, you know, and Seattle's favored by 10, I'm taking Seattle. There, there's something – Take in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. I don't know. Going out on them. Weird things happen in the NFL. Say it all the time. Particularly tonight. But I just, I don't know. I just, I just don't like Seattle on the road. All right. Wrapping it up then, we will go with Houston at Denver. Denver is now – Denver went up from 7 to 7.5, laying 7 to – now they're laying 7.5, which it's getting a bit rich in my blood. So if we have the Sam Bradford Bowl, is this the Brock Osweiler Bowl? This is the Brock Osweiler Bowl, yes, and that's not a bowl that I want to particularly be eating out of or smoking out of or however you choose to consume bowls, but yeah. When they introduce Brock Osweiler, does like all the Denver fans just stand up and applaud him and just go, thank you. Thank you for getting the hell out of our town. Maybe until they realize that Trevor Simeon, the luster, is starting to get shine, come off him just a little bit. Yeah, but he cost them nothing. He did cost them nothing. He's, he's, he's pay, playing on a rookie minimum salary. So wouldn't you rather have that than Osweiler eating up $16 million? Of your salary cap to give you below average, uh, below Brian Hoyer numbers? Mm. Brock Osweiler, for the first time in Houston, looked good in the fourth quarter. But granted, I think a lot of that was against Indianapolis' soft defense. Um, I'm still a little skeptical. Everyone's like, oh, Brian Hoyer, uh, Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler might have turned a corner. I'm like, nope, no, 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 no. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. 
I mean, yeah, he might be kind of acclimated within the offense and all that fun stuff, but he's got so many damn weapons. Yeah. Lamar Miller's a good running back. He has great receivers. He has a average to above average offensive line still. Why the hell are you not moving the damn ball? Brock Osweiler just reminds me so much of Jay Cutler. Just reminds me so much of a taller Jay Cutler. I was going to say a six foot seven Jay Cutler. All arm, no brain. It's all Brock Osweiler. I've said it. I've said it so many times that I've never seen a quarterback who is prodigiously gifted at throwing the football and has no idea what to do with it. It's incredible. I feel so bad. DeAndre Hopkins is so 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 good, and you could just see the visible frustration on his face. Like, what the fuck am I dealing with on a weekly basis? Yeah, he was he was doing much better with uh, Ryan Mallett. He's <laughs> doing better with Mallett and Hoyer. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. Couple of interesting points on the Broncos. I mentioned C.J. Anderson uh, uh, in reference to whatever it was a little bit ago. C.J. Anderson had 92 yards and 74 yards in his first two weeks in a touchdown in those games. Has had has had less than 50 yards in every game since. Yeah, I, I see that uh, Devontae Booker is going to start getting a little bit more action. I like Devontae Booker. A lot of people do. I He has, not to speak in hyperbole, his game reminds you a little bit of Arian Foster. Like he's got that size, glide, way he runs. It seems a little bit of Arian Foster in his game. I, I really like him. Supposedly they really like him too, which I would not be entirely surprised to see him getting a lot more carries, which is funny because they gave C.J. Anderson, they matched the big contract that the Dolphins gave and restricted free agency to C.J. Anderson, Broncos ending up matching it. like jaw dropped. They're like, wait, really? You want to keep this guy? Yeah, that's what, well, they were more surprised that like the Broncos would dole out the money. Uh, Another player that, what the hell happened to? Demarius Thomas. I don't, I don't like this. What the hell happened to scenario? He hasn't had a quarterback in two years. But even with Peyton Manning with no arm, no, that was last season. But That's last season, yeah. In fairness, maybe I'll concede that. But he's fallen off a cliff. There's been receivers who have had, like, again, we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had 1,500 yards receiving last year with Mallet and Hoyer. Like, you'd expect Demarius Thomas to do something in that neighborhood, but at guy, least over a thousand. But guy hasn't been good. He's fallen off a cliff the last two years. And they said he had kind of nagging injuries last year and he wasn't the same and stuff. And I th- he came into the offseason. He was healthy and everyone liked it. Nothing. Same. This guy was at 1,400 yards in his – this guy had 1,400 yards, I think, in the Tebow year. Yeah. Right? So it's not even necessarily quarterback, but quarterback-driven. But uh, uh, Tebow was excellent for Demarius Thomas. <sighs> And that's they the only just, thing they Tebow just was excellent a box for. And Tebow just had to lob crap up, and he jumped up and got it. Yeah. But it's not there anymore. No, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think you're being a little harsh because I, when you look at the quarterback play, it is kind of hard to to make plays as a receiver when you have Pooh throwing the ball at you. So. Houston's now four and two, sitting atop the atrocious AFC South. Um, Win last week is big, keeps them at two and zero in the division. That's good for them, I guess. Congratulations! They still win the division. Yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't like the points on this one. Seven and a half. It's uh, too high. I think four would be too high, honestly, for my liking. Yeah. yeah so I'm I'm leaning towards Houston just because I think they're gonna. I think they'll cover, but I don't. Or I think they'll. I don't think Denver can cover. Yeah, much to your chagrin. I'm I'm agreeing with you that I, I can't Damn take it. that. 
So did we like disagree on like one game? No, it was like three or four. So that's it for today's podcast. If you haven't done so already, please, please, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us some feedback on what you thought about today's episode, whether you hate our picks, you love our picks, you think we're idiots, we'd probably agree with you. Or if you think we're smart, we would probably disagree with you. Um, We'll talk to you again next week with our week eight picks when we do this exercise again. But once again, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.